Marathons are stupid. I know, even though I've only run a couple in my life. Now, I'm not saying I'm stupid for running them, and I'm not saying the many people in our congregation and community are stupid for running them, but marathons are. Now, they pale by comparison to climbing Mount Everest, but that's kind of stupid too. I've never done it, but I have hiked with a doctor who survived a night in a storm on Everest that had him stuck above where he was supposed to be after his summit. And I also met a man who pulled 13 people out of a crevasse on a neighboring peak to Everest called K2. I think it's considered the hardest one to climb in the whole world. And both of them can tell you that any climb above 20,000 feet is stupid bad for you. It kills your brain cells. It's that part of the mountain they ominously call the death zone. Now in a marathon, it's pretty well known that any distance you run after 20 miles is pretty destructive to your body, no matter how hard you have trained or in what kind of shape you are. We simply aren't made for such punishment on our bodies. In fact, if I remember right, isn't it true that the first marathon runner dropped dead upon delivering his critical message? Same story, tragically, with many who have summited Everest. Well, most people choose to run a marathon or climb the highest or hardest peak And often, when asked why, they give kind of cliche answers like, because it was there, or because I wanted to see if I could do it. But it has seemed lately to me like we find ourselves in a race we didn't sign up for. And to make matters worse, one in which the finish line keeps moving. And I have been fighting off waves of impatience and frustration along the way. Sometimes thinking of myself and my needs and my energy and sometimes thinking of those navigating school or stuck alone or single parenting working homeschooling all at the same time or those who are mourning the losses of loved ones. It's a long race. It had an uphill start. It was followed by downhill and flat sections, followed by more ups and downs, and now it looks like our late fall is delivering the steepest section yet as far as COVID is concerned. Well, if you're like me, you you may be finding yourself like the George Costanza character from the old Seinfeld sitcom, famously yelling, Serenity now! (laughs) Well, if you feel like you are going nuts, let me offer you another of the spiritual fruits Paul lists in Galatians 5. Of course, that fruit is patience. Now, I could lecture you on patience or give you a self-help list of what it will take for you to become magically patient or even lie to you and tell you I know where this dark global tunnel ends. But I don't want want you to run me over with your car the next time you see me biking or running, so I'm going to do something else instead. I'm going to do just what I said. Offer you a spiritual fruit. In Matthew 18, Jesus tells us a parable about a man who owes a landowner a stupid amount of money, like $6 billion in our funds today. And the man who somehow owes this stupid amount of money actually says something pretty stupid. He says, have patience, Lord, and I will repay the debt. Seriously? How is he going to do that? But what happens next is stupid astounding. The Lord forgives the whole debt. No repayment, no worries, totally free and clear. I guess what I'm trying to get at today is to say that the source of patience to get through the long haul cannot come from our limited supplies. 
It has to be sourced from somewhere else, somewhere bigger, somewhere more eternal. Because the truth is, we don't have the patience. We don't have the long-sufferingness to deal with the marathons and mountain climbs we didn't sign up for. But God has more than enough, like a stupid huge amount. You know, in my first marathon, I was in the best shape of my life. I was focused on me and all the gifts that I had, and I ran hard, and I ran fast, and I totally tanked with nine miles to go. My second marathon, I wasn't nearly in as good a shape, but I did one thing differently. I ate along the way. Not cake and ice cream, of course, but something that would feed me from the outside and fill my inside. And I did better, by the way. So too, I invite you to God's table in this race that has been set before us. I invite you to take some fruit, and I invite you to be fed 